webmasterradio.fm Hello! If you think webmasterradio.fm is smoking now, well, you ain't seen nothing yet, man. September 15, 16, and 17, it's a Search Bash Jamaica. Come to Jamaica for one of the biggest bashman party. Come rub elbows with the web's greatest marketing minds. <laughs> Dude, that's great. You and a friend lying on the beach, sipping rum punch, and get a full body all a rub. Mm. It is Irie, man. <laughs> Find all the info at searchbash.com. Air transportation, hotel photos, and registration. Come hang out with the coolest people online at digital marketing. Yeah, we be jamming, man. Jamming with your webmaster radio show host. This is Craig. I need a beer in Ireland. Hook up with some old friends. <laughs> it's a life experience you'll never forget. Excellent. Search Bash, Jamaica. In case you haven't been listening, I'll repeat myself. It's a happening thing in a Negro Jamaica. To register and get all pertinent information, go to searchbash.com. Seize and Seclus, get out and come down to Jamaica Search Bash 2006. Hosted by a webmaster radio.fm. Like now, I'm ready to go. Cover story. Cover a story or attain that coveted story. Get it? That is exactly what you want. Quoted as the expert, the story, headline, the spin. Every week, join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public. Your public. Craft your image. Promote your products. Create expert status. Become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101. Crisis management. Media blitzing. It's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Hey, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babin, and welcome to this edition of Cover Story. Uh, we are continuing our coverage of the uh, phenomenal Silver Anvil series sponsored by the Public Relations Society of America. And this week, we actually have the auspicious ability to have with us the venerable, the extremely I am celebrating in every aspect of my life, Bernadette Manzur, who just won. Um, she was recognized as the uh, Public Relations Professional of the Year at the Silver Anvil Awards, um, which was held on June 8th. She's a Senior Vice President for Communications as well as the Executive Director for the NHL Foundation. Welcome, Bernadette. Thank you, Brandy. It's good to be on, and thank you for that um, tremendous uh not a little over-the-top introduction, but I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, having, I'm actually having a low-on-energy kind of day, so I'm doing an overcompensation, but I have to say I am so excited to speak with you. So many of our listeners are so excited to hear what you have to say because, I mean, first of all, um, your accomplishments are amazing, and uh, it's very exciting, everything that's going on, obviously, with the Stanley Cup. But more importantly, all the things that you have personally achieved and how that can truly benefit our listening audience. So uh, you are definitely an interview that everyone has uh, anticipated for a long time. Well, now, I that's not putting pressure. I appreciate that. <laughs> how are you? I'm, uh, I'm 
been good. I, I must say that I wish I could, uh, I, and I will, get some of your energy over the phone. It's uh, We've just finished a, a terrific Stanley Cup final, um, traveling, um, you know, Edmonton to Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, You can't get there from here. Um, so it, it, it seems to be that in, in recent days with the NHL, in the Stanley Cup final, if you t- pick the two furthest teams, those will be, you know, your definite winners. So we did charter, call it Air <laughs> NHL, and uh, fed everybody as much as we possibly could. And so everybody's feeling good, but a little loggy and a little tired. But uh, it was a great, great series, and congratulations to both team and the champions, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. Absolutely, and they got a win. I mean, the the small pseudo unnoticed team. What a fabulous victory! Right. Well, I I think that you know so many things um, that happened in the culmination you know of this year, a year of our coming back, was seen in the Stanley Cup final. That um, you know, relatively two small markets, um, Edmonton, mm-hmm. a historical, a, a, a legacy market. In Carolina, one of the markets that critics have said continuously it will never, never fly. You'll never make it in the South. And there they are battling, you know, to a seventh uh, games. And, uh, you know, it, it either one would have been a tremendous, tremendous win. And um, if we had not gone through what we had to, as hard as it was, that kind of competitive balance uh, could never have happened. And uh, it is kind of uh, um, just a, a bit of a justification for going through the awful thing that we had to do you, you know what what a what a good uh state of mind and putting things in perspective because of course you know hindsight's foresight mm-hmm. and you know i am a personal believer in things are they do happen for a reason and it leads us to today and at the end of the day what a wonderful thing to be able to say that wow you've got two teams who like you said were relatively maybe unnoticed but it levels the the playing ground exactly so, because of what you went through. So let us let me do one, one little thing, because I want to go back um, to the evening of the 8th. And from what I understand from the folks over at the PRSA, like the total highlight, they were so proud of, you know, there were all the 74 um, finalists and all the wonderful categories that were won. But the true, you know, piece de resistance for the evening was you and the cup and that your president got up and basically said, um, because of, of who you are and your expertise in crisis management, um, you in the way that you communicate, that you know to, to, to the fan base and the way that you contributed, you were the one that put the end to the work stoppage. <laughs> oh, I don't know. If I'm just, I'm just paraphrasing what words. I heard. I, I do remember he did get up on stage and, and say that, you know, Bernadette has taught me the two rules in PR, keep it short and stay on message. And so I I said, well, at least we're going to get through this one quickly. But, um, <laughs> it, you know, I have been involved with the PRSA, and I've been to those dinners, and they're really wonderful. Um, and uh, um, having this honor by, uh, you know, your peers is just extraordinary, especially when you have worked so hard, as, as so many people have, and you keep your head down and you focus, and then you, you all of a sudden understand, you know, somebody's watching here. Somebody really gets this. And uh, it was great. So in the celebratory mode, you know, I decided that, you know, let's have some theater here. And, you know, yeah. we did a game footage, which is hockey in, in HDTV. There's nothing like it and hard hits. And everybody kind of like, you know, woke up a bit on that. And uh, and then Gary um, uh, was very, very gracious. And he did say, you know, refer to a tradition in the Stanley Cup is that mm-hmm. – um, 
when um, you have a Stanley Cup winning team, each of the players get to day to, uh, spend a day with the Cup. And since Bernadette was a winner in this category, here's Bernadette's day with the Cup. And so the Cup comes out, and the Cup keeper in the white gloves, and, you know, we got a standing out. Oh. It was great. <laughs> I mean, what a beautiful moment for you. <laughs> you know, because it was nice bonding, you know, in regard to exactly what you've done for your job. And then, like you said, to be celebrated by your peers you know, really infor- reinforces the hard work that you've done. Right. Out, you know, outside you meeting, meeting and exceeding your goals on paper. It, it, exactly. It was it was a, uh, a terrific, terrific honor. And um, I made it, I think, very obvious, and I hope so, that it wasn't really an individual recognition solely. It, it was the tremendous work of the staff um, at, at the NHL and also the, the staff of our 30 member clubs uh, who just worked tirelessly and um, in unison uh, to uh, uh, communicate to our fans who in the end in any type of crisis uh, are, are the people that you really need to talk to and you need to talk to them often and you need to talk to them honestly um, in this situation as um, in a lot of crisis situations, uh, when you see it for what it is, and, and you really do stop pretending it is not as serious is, we had to reinvent our business model. We had no choice. Right. We, so, you, so you have to be totally transparent. There's no spin when you get down to a situation where you know you either do this or you are going to go out of business. We, now, let we, me ask you a quick question. So mm-hmm. in, in doing that... Um, did you feel that, I mean, obviously, because you said about keeping your, your pulse, your finger on the pulse of what's happening, um, being able to reach out to your fan base to understand what's most important to them and, and engage and roll them so that they're cheerleaders for you. Uh, well, absolutely. Um, you know, we firmly believe, and I think our relaunch and, you know, coming back after a lost season, which you know other league had done, um, we uh, we had a rise in attendance of 4%, mm-hmm. which no other league has, has done. That's Our fans cool. are the most passionate um, and the most loyal um, in any sport, and and we knew that we had to keep them in constant um, uh, awareness of the situation, of what the facts were, and talk to them, and we polled them on a, on a weekly basis, uh, you know, what do you think about this, and they consistently said, that they would stay with us if we solved the problem. Uh, If we put a Band-Aid on it and went out in two years, no. It had to be solved. And so that we knew we had the latitude we need to go as far as we needed to go. And uh, in that case, if it meant that we had to lose a season, we were prepared to do it. The other thing we did, um, and, and you know, it, now there are no time deadlines in PR because of the Internet. Everything is instant. We really plugged into fan blogs. I thought it was very important to understand mm-hmm. what fans were saying to each other, mm-hmm. not just trying to respond to us, but to each other. And we would take those, those you know, uh, what the fans were saying, what the touch points were, what was important to them, what they were Absolutely. concerned about, and then use that in our weekly polls, use that in our chat sessions with the commissioner, and use that in our communications out to them in a, in a dedicated website that was dedicated to the public um, that said all everything there was to be said about the CBA. And, and it, it really worked. It really paid off, and that's what we do. We communicate. That is the most important thing. What I'd like to do, Bernadette, is go to a quick, a quick commercial break, but when we come back, if we could go over the background regarding the work stoppage 
mm-hmm. and then sort of walk, you know, like walk through the process of, you know, how you approach this from the many different dimensions and then talk about my, I mean, I could read your resume, but um, it, it would probably take the entire length of the show, but as, as each, because each, I know that it was extremely, it was, it, the program was very integral and interactive with all of the different units that you had up and that you've launched, so if we can sort of talk about the inception of those various aspects of the business and how you've grown the business as well as helped to execute something that was so severe, that would mm-hmm. be phenomenal. And you're not going to remember all of that. So let's just talk about um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the beginning of the crisis uh, um, when we come back right after this short break. Okay. Stick around. Cover story. We'll be back after this short break. Google AdSense, how do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com slash AdSense now. Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. Wow, looks like you caught another one. Yeah, thanks. That uh, makes 23 so far. You're kidding me. I haven't caught a thing yet. Really? Well, what kind of bait are you using? Same as you. Well, then maybe it's where you're fishing. What do you mean? Well, if you want to catch fish, don't throw your line out in the middle of a big lake. Take a smart look around for where the fish congregate, like over by this log. So I just have to look smart, huh? That's right. It's all about fishing where the fish are. Learn how you can fish where the fish are. Go to signup.looksmart.com. Signup.looksmart.com. Oh my god, right, I know, I don't like it. <laughs> Speaking of a girl named Susie, yeah, yeah. Speaking of a girl named Susie, yeah, yeah. Susie, Welcome to the new world, Madonna, Madonna, the hottest woman in the world. <laughs> Bounce a quarter off those buns, Madonna. Speaking of a girl named Susie, yeah, yeah. Speaking of a girl named Susie, yeah, yeah. Women love a good dancer, and they love a good kisser. I like that. I like that. Dude, you are so cool. 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 Isn't that the funniest thing? Smoocher. Speaking of a girl named Susie, yeah, yeah. Speaking of a girl named Susie, yeah, yeah. And Tech Connect, Thursdays, following the Daily Search Cast. <laughs> Only on webmasterradio.fm. I always liked my name, but now I'm having second thoughts. I'm going to change my name. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to this very special edition of Cover Story. Our featured guest today is uh, Bernadette Mansour, who is 
recently recognized as Public Relations Professional of the Year at the Silver Anvil Awards evening. She is the Senior Vice President of Communications for the NHL as well as Executive Director for the NHL Foundation. So a, a bit of background um, that Bernadette... Um, actually has an expertise, obviously, in crisis management, and during the NHL's recent collective bargaining negotiation, formulated the public relations strategies, directed the market research and media placements, and served as a public relations advisor, as she mentioned previously, for the 30 NHL member clubs. The cancellation of the 2004 to 2005 NHL season resulted in a season-long crisis communication, public relations efforts, and directed to business in sports media, NHL fans, and media players. I just completely butchered that. I apologize. The NHL communications plan has been cited as a PR coup in news media. Manzer has established the NHL CBA website for public access to all CBA-related information Mansoor developed for a non-traditional, creative, and very web-based relaunch campaign for the NHL and directs several Los Angeles-based agencies to raise the awareness of the league and entertainment media. Ah, welcome back. Thanks, Brandy. So the background, so, so give us a little bit more in-depth into really what was happening and, and what your, your charter was. Well, the, the first thing on, on the, the CBA, um, which, you know, any labor agreement um, negotiation, uh, it, it it didn't happen overnight. We spent a long time planning. I mean, we must have been preparing in some fashion um, uh, as a league uh, three, you know, years ahead of time, you know, gathering, you know, financials and, um, you know, working out, uh, you know, models of what would work and what wouldn't work, obviously talking to all our different constituencies, the clubs, and um, so... By the time we got there um, and we knew that we were going through a negotiation period that wasn't going well mm-hmm. and we knew that the possibility would be perhaps closing the season, uh, we had a game plan uh, because we had prepared for the worst. As I had said before, uh, when you have no choice, it's fairly easy to get focused very quickly. Um, and, and, and in that process, what we did is we needed to be, as an organization, internally very, very cohesive in what all our objectives were and how each department and area and our member clubs were going to achieve those direction, um, those objectives. Uh, we communicated very, very closely with all the clubs. You know, when I mean, you have 30 satellite offices out Absolutely. there, um, you need to give them in areas that, you know, they're not all that familiar with, you know, good leadership, good communication, uh, good uh, responsiveness to their issues that they have in markets with their own fans. And so that was a whole internal communication um, strategy. The, the, the other point, which is, is very, very important that I know that PR people who are listening will understand, is that in areas like this, when you get into labor or issues that are, are, are crisis-oriented, that have legal elements to it, you find that sometimes that the lawyers, 
you know, are on one side of the table and the PR people on the other. So lawyers want to make sure that, you know, the all communication. Is a certain yeah, way, yes. I- exactly. And the PR people want to get communication out mm-hmm. there. So mm-hmm. um, I, I will say in this um, in this effort, the legal department and the communication department worked hand in hand. All our information that was put out um, to the media, to the website, uh, was all vetted by the lawyers and vetted quickly uh, with with as much latitude as possible in terms mm-hmm. so that we all were, you know, fully focused on our need to get that there and communicate. Um, as you point out, one of the main vehicles that, that we used was a website, NHLCBANews.com, which was open to anyone, fans, um, media, uh, players, uh, where we had the financials, how we got in the situation, what our objectives were to get out of the situation. We had chat sessions with uh, Gary and the lawyers and, uh, and and general managers, and we we offered each of our clubs access to this website. And it was a very, very popular website, and I think truly instrumental in making everybody who needed to, and particularly our fans, feel very, very um, inside on the uh, what was happening. Which I think, as I was going to say, it was almost as if you know you opened up your kimono and said, "Hey, you know, we are who we are because of you, our fan base. And if anyone's going to help, maybe you know, sail us into clearer waters." It's going to be you. So if we open up our doors, and especially if you start seeing a consistent, I would assume, a consistent response from people, that will allow you to see how you need to traverse those waters quickly. Right. Well, it's interesting you say that. Um, you know, opening up the kimono, I would, I was less um, elegant with it, and I would say I would take our financial pants down. Um, but it was absolutely true and, and it was very hard for people who um, are very smart and very proud of their business or whatever to to come and say, this is broken. Right. And it's not right. just cracked. It is broken. And and to have yourself, you know, written up in the Wall Street Journal saying that the model is broken and, and all that, but the honesty that we approached it with um, and and the fact that it was a situation that had to be resolved and but immediately in, immediately, right. and that the the idea of having you know be, call it a salary cap or cost certainty or whatever it was mm-hmm. was a universal idea in sports and and for us not to have one in the situation we were where you have an incredibly profitable NBA and NFL was ridiculous uh, and people soon got out to that so it was hard in the beginning but. People got it very, very quickly, and that's the area of transparency that really does work so well. Now, let me, because we, we, we've discussed this on, on past shows about how the world has changed as far as how they accept their leaders and how they accept their information. And before, if there, a crisis situation happened, everyone would run for a spin, and they try to, you know, gloss things over so that, quote-unquote, no one looked bad versus, you know, uh, let's say in today's world, people like the blemishes. They almost like to know that there's issues, and especially, let's say, where the Internet's involved today um, and the way that people are are absorbing media, to engage them so that they feel that that their voice counts, makes a difference. I mean, because that's a very forward-thinking position you've taken. How hard was that for you to truly convince people well, it, it it 
it's very interesting because it uh, it wasn't all that hard, but you know it wasn't it wasn't easy. Um, I I think that working at it for the years that we did, uh, and everybody really realizing the seriousness of it. I mean, a, a national sports league could possibly go out of business, um, which is and, devastating. You know, it's unheard of, and and for not so. Uh, not very good reasons. I mean, it was uh, simply a matter of a union, and and not the players necessarily, of a Mm -hmm. union who wouldn't give in, who who would not see the reality for the benefit of their own constituents. Uh, The facts were there. There was no funny numbers. We, We hired Arthur Levitt, former head of the SEC, to do an audit. Um, doesn't get any better than that. Well, no, it doesn't. And right. then he, you know, starts out his uh, his press conference after he finished his audit, saying that the NHL is on a treadmill to disaster. Now, how do you like to be the PR person who hears that one? You know, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, um, and obviously, they're very lucky it was used. All right. So, how do you? I mean, really, how do you handle that? And, I, and when did you start? Because I mean. From what I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, you 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 come from extremely strong public relations background with a, with a with a marketing with a strength in marketing as well. And you know, in the past, when it comes to um, a lot of the things with the leagues with the various players, it's all people have always wanted to gloss things over and make everyone look pretty and nice, so that you could look up to whether it's a heritage brand or whether it's a sports figure. How I mean, because it sounds to me like you're really lead. I mean, you led this quest in something that's really been taking a turn very slowly to this honesty and sort of um, different approach. How how did you? I mean, that really is that's a big, huge step, and you had a lot to over overcome in a very public way. I think um, once you know once once you know what the alternative is. Um, you just don't have a choice. And I know I've, I've said this before, I've been repeating myself, but you get very strong in that. And when you are, are uh, as a communicator, the strongest one, and you can go into a room and, and, and you hear somebody trying to, you know, spin was not the word, trying to maybe soften right. things, you just have to look them in the eye and say, that is not going to work. Our fans are too smart for this. This is too important. Our players need to hear the worst thing that can happen. And eventually everybody gets it. Uh, and, and, you know, the idea of going out there in, in any kind of media situation and tell the absolute truth is really kind of a wonderful thing to do. Right. Um, Very you know, freeing, I'm sure. It, it's, it's to your point that, you know, it's changed so much. People are too smart. People are too, um, e- avail- they can get information so easily. They can get it from so many places. Um, the younger generation, and our fans do tend to be younger. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our fans are younger, more affluent, and more educated than fans in other sports. So they get more of their information off electronically. Um, and, you know, they can see very quickly when, you know, you're trying to straddle or not there. And, and it became a rhythm, and it was almost a point of honor that we would, you know, outdo each other in, in, in saying, is that as honest as we can be? Is that as hard as we can be? And it, it really was a mantra. 
Which is, you know, which is so important. I mean, good for you. Good for you. Because at the end of the day, what we're really hearing you say, and something that we, you know, I think is a good point to really stress to the listeners is everyone can find out the truth. So if you, if you present yourself in a truthful sort of way, at the end of the day, all they can do is react to you. But if you posture yourself in a way that's masking what, what's really happening, people are going to back away from you and they're not going to support you when you really need them. No, that's very true. And the other point, Brandy, is, you know, nobody ever hated anybody who said, I did a terrible thing and I am sorry. And if they said that honestly, people mm-hmm. like that. They like the candor. You know, everybody's not perfect, um, and, and we can accept that. So just come out and tell me honestly that, you know, we screwed up a bit, um, and, uh, but this is how I'm going to fix it, and I have a solution right. for it. Um, and, and people like to hear that. Cool. So let's start talking about the solution, how you guys, because there's so many, I mean, there's so many different facets to the NHL and so much, I, I mean, uh, you know, you talk about the 30 clubs and being able to really um, interface with them in a way that communicates to their specific marketplace plus inspire the people that are leading those clubs to have that trickle down where the message is, is properly communicated to their peers. How do you go about executing all these plans in concert quickly? Well, I think um, <laughs> it, 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 it is quite a comprehensive operation because what what would work in a you know an Edmonton or a Toronto may not work in New York and may not work in Nashville. Exactly. So there has to be some flexibility in how uh, messages are communicated, uh, but there also had to be, and you know to the point before we all had to stay on message. We had to stay on the same message. So what we would in 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 the New York office, as well as our Toronto office, you know, by by listening to fans and and as as the negotiations involved, what was uh, what was resonating and what wasn't resonating, we would, you know, create the messages and then communicate to the clubs. Uh, this is what we are going to be saying about this. You know, talk to us if you have any adaptions in your market. These are the events that we should be doing. You should have town meetings. You should get your management in front of your fans and tell them, you know, how the situation. The commissioner did a tour of clubs and did town meetings with ticket holders and fans, you know, saying uh, what the situation was. So we really needed to support the clubs. And I must say that our member clubs were terrific in accepting the messages, you know, they're very smart people. They all know their market very well, but mm-hmm. they also realized that they had to be in unison and yeah. that there was really only one person who could communicate the message to two people, yeah, right. which was the commissioner and um, the deputy commissioner, Bill Daly. Um, and so they did a lot of traveling um, as well as a lot of negotiation. And, you know, in a negotiation like this, there's a lot of downtime. You know, where where the union, the other party, would just say, "Well, I'm taking Damn my me. bags and I'm going." Right. You know, if because they constantly believed that we would cave, so time was on their side. Mm-hmm. The longer they would wait, the longer the owners would cave. And Gary, you know, was very very consistent, saying, "We are all together." Um, and eventually, you know, they did realize that, and the players realized that. The, the, the other point, too, was, was very, very important in communicating that this wasn't uh, the league against the players. It was the league, you know, with, with the, the union. union. 
that's yeah. where the argument was. And, and I find even recently, I, I believe in the New York transit strike, it was the same situation. You know, I don't think necessarily the workers, you know, really quite understand or have the vehemence. Sometimes it gets to be mano-mano at the table, you know, which is it's truly frustrating. Well, it's hard, and I don't have that much background in unions, but it is difficult because, you know, you sign that piece of paper that makes you now a union employee, and you sort of put, um, you know, you, you put your trust and your livelihood in the hands of a union, and if they don't do right by you, right. or if they, or you know, maybe they're doing right by by the part versus the whole, you know, you kind of have to go along for the ride, and that's a horrible thing. And then when you look at the public, the public has its own perception mm-hmm. of what's happening. So good for you, and and you know, on having that united front, so that it was extremely clear as far as what was going on, and how you were proceeding with it, and that you guys are the united front. Right, and, and you know, finally, that, that was like very much evidence to, um, you know, the players who had a player committee, and they said that, you know, this is, um, you know, one year is enough, and uh, we need to sit down and talk. And when that came to be, when the players, the head of the players' union um, and the re- player representatives gained, uh, it, it was a very, very rapid negotiation. Because and that's what it needed was to escalate to the players right. themselves for them to say, hey, listen, you know what, this is our livelihood, and we, I mean, there, there's there's a season for them as well. Right. Our, and our that players has, are the most terrific athletes. They're, you know, they're they're very, very humble. They're, they're you know, they're wonderful, wonderful people. And, uh, you know, they just wanted to get back on the ice. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking about humble and wonderful Let's go take a little break, pay some homage to our advertisers, and we'll be right back with Bernadette Mansour, Senior Vice President Communications of the NHL, as well as the Executive Director for the NHL Foundation. Stick around. Cover Story. We'll be back after this short break. Three AM traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes. One click. Great results. It's all about links, baby. Content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby, textlinkads.com. With over 30,000 clients and eight years of experience, West Host is not your basement hosting company. Starting at $3.95 a month, West Host offers the lowest price virtual private server technology in the industry. Yet they don't sacrifice their world-class data center or superior 24-7 client support. Sign up at westhost.com today and get the hosting technology and real support your business needs at prices you can't find from other hosts. Westhost.com. That's Westhost.com. W-E-S-T-H-O-S-T dot com. When you expect more from your web host. It's SC Gurus. Rainmaker. Hey, Yankee. Yeah. And his beautiful co-host, Brandy. Yankee and a southerner. I do that lovely southern draw. 
I don't I don't have the Texan accent. I'm sorry, but no, I don't I don't think I do either. But I love that honey drip sort of sound. Anyway, <laughs> someone's probably gonna pull that blur out and use it for a promo now. Thanks. Rainmaker Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Webmaster Radio. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hey, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babbitt, and I'm very excited uh, in continuing our series on the Silver Anvil Awards for the Public Relations of America. We have Bernadette Mansour, who uh, very recently, I think it was like last Thursday, actually, very recently, uh, won the coveted award of uh, Best PR Professional of the Year. And Bernadette is the Senior Vice President of Communications for the NHL, as well as Executive Director for the NHL Foundation. Ah, welcome back, Bernadette. <laughs> it's nice to be back, Brandy. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Isn't that horrible what they do? You need to watch out what you say on this network because they pull out things that you say. I know. That was very funny. You're not very, very funny, funny, but I, I am. I am a Yankee, and you used to, uh, you went to, to Boston, um, you went to school in Boston, didn't you? Yes, yes. I went to Boston College, actually. Excellent, excellent. I'm from Marblehead originally. Oh, right. Yeah, that's beautiful up there. Beautiful. Maddie's lobster at Maddie's, where the lobsters taste like they grew up in butter. <laughs> Fabulous. I think about Marblehead, and my, my Boston accent just comes rushing back yeah, to me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> But, and you also, like, you, you worked, you, you actually got your start um, in Avon, at Avon. Yes, yeah, I, uh, that was my first public relations. Actually, when I, I got out of school, I, um, I, I, and I got a master's in psychology, and I I taught emotionally disturbed um, uh, children for about three years. Good and for I, you. Yeah, and I always um, you know think of that often, and sort of kind of like that was probably the most important element, you know, um, part of my career in terms of dealing with uh, what you need to do in uh, communications these days. Um, Absolutely. You need to be very calm and focused and. Uh, um, it, it was it was it was a wonderful experience, and someday I hope to maybe go back to it. But um, why did and, you and, leave, Ask? Excuse me. Why did you Why did you stop? Um, I stopped because it uh, was so incredibly intense, and I okay. was very young, and uh, it was just it was all consuming, and uh, I I just uh, I it was just so much and that's why you have to and I so appreciate individuals who devote their lives to it uh, and um, I, it just it, it just got very intense and, and I wanted to see what I could do in other areas and then I so I joined Avon um, products and did marketing for them um, and then um, communications that's wonderful, but I'll tell you, you know, my, my background is actually, uh, I went to school for psychology as well, and my worst problem was I felt like I'd end up taking um, everyone home with me, and it is all-consuming, <laughs> but it's probably one of the only backgrounds that you have that's applicable to any industry that you go into, because at the end of the day, it's all about communicating with people, whether it's in technology, in sales, in human resources. So, I, 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 mean, I absolutely, I, I absolutely believe that, um, you know, and, and you you do when you you deal with, 
you know, emotional children and autistic children, and, you know, they must be communicated differently. I, I think that goes to the whole point of public relations and communications. I don't know if people understand that. It is a very nurturing industry. It can be very cutthroat. It can be very crass. It can be... But the reality, and more so the reality, as we go back to the truth and, you know, um, and transparency, is that, you know, you, you are, are nurturing your media. Um, you're taking care of them. You're taking care of your executives. You're taking care of your fans or your consumers, your consistencies, mm-hmm. as best you can. Um, and, and if you don't have, you know, it isn't just, you know, I like people. It's, it's understanding and listening when you need to. Right, and understanding what it is that they want, because sometimes if you shut up right. long enough, what they want is very easy for you to give them. Right. Everyone can move forward. So you went from, all right, so this is very, what an interesting progression. So you went from Avon, and then, bam, I mean, talk about, like, that's hardcore, you know, girly, girly, wow, right into yes, Reebok. very corporate, right. And then I, I went to Reebok, which was just a difference. Reebok is this wonderful um, very young people and very sports oriented and mm-hmm. at that point they were still in entertainment and um you know doing tremendous things and changing every week um a very very dynamic place and very successful um and uh um it was it was terrific in my first entree into sports and dealing with athletes and and dealing with um you know different leagues and and that consumer audience and you know i mean it it Communications and public relations has similar elements, but obviously it it is done differently. The media is very very different. Okay. Uh, can you explain that? Maybe you can. Can you go into that a little bit? Well, um, you know, you get um, a sports media who um, it, a sports business media from a re, in a Reebok. Um, you know, there's a, a publication called the Footwear News, um, and everybody lived and died on what you know was in the Footwear News. Okay. Um, and you know, it and and there wasn't a whole lot of publications that focused on that, uh, and so you needed to take care of um, a small amount of people, but very very well, and got into who do you give what to and all the mechanics of that. When you go into a league, you're dealing with sports writers who have very, very um, tight deadlines, who want to get access as much as possible, and sometimes it's not all that possible, that um, really want you know the stories and the player stories, and, and in this day and age, the um, you know the drugs or the Olympics or the crisis or whatever, um, they feel that, you know, that's very much part of the sports scene and they're right. Um, and they need to do everything very, very quickly because of their deadlines and their availability uh, to players. Very interesting. Wow. And I, I'm looking at, I mean, I, I'm looking at what you accomplished first at, um, at Reebok, that you were responsible for worldwide corporate communications and you oversaw business and financial media relations as well as entertainment media relations, public and governmental affairs, programs for social responsibility and employee communications for all Reebok brands, generating $2.5 billion in sales. Well, that's what the, yes, that's what the brand generated. I mean, mm-hmm. we focused more attention on the... Uh, on what individual product lines were, um, you know, and Reebok itself at that time was reinventing uh, their apparel business uh, and had some, um, you know, 
great, great creative people come in. Uh, Reebok was, as I said, just going into the entertainment business. I remember right. Paula Abdul at that point was one of uh, the entertainers, uh, the celebrities. Um, and they since then transitioned, you know, to very definite to a, you know, a total sports dedication. Uh, but, um, uh, it, yeah, it, it, it was, it encompassed, uh, a lot, um, and we built staff up and, and then put dedicated people in different areas. Which is so exciting. And then you were also responsible for the public relations efforts for Reebok's involvement in the 1992 Olympic, um, Dan and Dave campaign. And that's where you received your Public Relations Society of America Big Apple Award. Yes, that was very interesting. I remember um, I wasn't down at the trials. They were in New Orleans, and uh, I got a call from the president and said, Bernadette, did you hear anything about Dan O'Brien, no hiding? And I said, no, I never heard that. Um, And immediately, you know, because there wasn't any Internet in those days uh, or to that extent, and, you know, turn on the radio, and sure enough, um, Dan, uh, no hide it in the trials. and, uh, you know, and then it became once again a no-brainer. Within 24 hours, we had Dan O'Brien, and I think it was actually less than that, in front of the media. Um, and, and Dan, and an incredibly smart, lovely, and, and dedicated athlete saying, I don't know how it happened, but it happened, and I'm sorry. And I'm sorrier for me than anybody else, but I'm sorry. <laughs> and um, it was just, you know, how things go. Um, and uh, that's sports. And uh, so we quickly, with the ad, ad agency, said, because we had a whole ad campaign from Chiat Day, which was who's going to be the best athlete in the competitive Dan and Dave campaign. And, and now only one Dave was going to go and compete. <laughs> So um, they were great and very creative and very quickly came up with, you know, Dan sitting in a lounge chair watching Dave, you know, train and, you know, various other things. But but what we could do a lot of PR on. And, and Dan was wonderful and staying with us and, and, and through the, the whole Olympics and became a great spokesperson. And, and it was a great campaign. That's phenomenal. And at the end of the day, I mean, what a great award to win and what a great way um to take something that could have potentially been like a negative spin and have a lot of fun and make it a win-win for everyone. Well, see, that's what honesty and, and transparency and, and when you work with great people, that's, mm-hmm. you can have fun with it. And, and people want campaigns that, that are fun. You know, when that yeah, thing happens, wants to, to, to go the other way. Well, and that's, you know, something, something that's irreverent, something that sometimes people can also identify with because there's a difference between putting, I think, um, you know, some of these players on pedestals to the point where nobody could ever look to be um, as, as polished and perfect as them, or saying, you know what, these are, really, these are real people who have dedicated their lives to a sport that thrills you. You know, this is American heritage, and you get to be a part of it. Um, and you know what, things go wrong. But here's the scenario, and guess what? I mean, you're really in a unique position because you do have, I mean, I, I love going to hockey games and, um, you know, I'm a, unfortunately a fair weather fan in that because um, I live in Florida, <laughs> and, but I'm from Boston, so I, I usually just go with the team. Um, but we have <clears> two <throat> teams in Florida, Brandy. Yeah, well, I, all right. <laughs> I'm a pan- I, I apologize. Right. Well, I'm, I'm in Southern Florida, so I'm more of like a. I follow the Panthers. <laughs> right. And, um, and and the Bruins, of course. Of course. Of course. But I'm like more of like the Bobby Orr. I'm, I'm dating myself. <laughs> right. Well, no, I'm. 
I can understand that. Well, actually, it's funny when you look at the TV ratings on a regional basis. Uh, when for the Bruins, um, Florida ratings are through the roof because of all the people that have moved down there. The transplants, right? Exactly. Which is very interesting. Exactly. So, I mean, I do. I think, and, it, and it's just very interesting because we've heard so many conversations about this, and I'm so glad that someone like you is really reinforcing the be honest with people. Because first of all, when you lie, you know, oh, what a tangled web we weave. <laughs> Never right, ends. like you can't even remember. So you know what? And, and if you just come clean with people, they appreciate it. It also makes other people feel like they're okay mm-hmm. because their life isn't perfect. And when you look at, you know, an organization such as yours, it's so. I, I mean, it is. It's the heart of America, and and things can happen. Um, but also enrolling your public um, allows you to a have a better understanding. I bet you learned a lot about your company, and and about you know. Um, you know, about the various clubs and, and the players and the fans that you would never have known had you not gone through this process. Absolutely. Correct? You learn a lot about your 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 company or your organization or your league. You strengthen it because you, in fact, have gone through this together. Uh, when we came out of this, uh, our most supportive group were the players because mm-hmm. they realized that um, they had to come back. They got damaged in terms of their reputation, and they had to come back and, and come to the fans and apologize and get everything going. I, I remember when we did the launch party in New York, uh, I uh, I put out a call to players, and I said, anybody who wants to come, and I, I had Tampa Bay was the last um, Stanley Cup winner, and uh, I had three of their top guys mm-hmm. get on a plane and show up, and were there in five hours. Which is like so good, good for them, United it, Front. It, it was great, because prior to that, prior to fixing the labor situation, the union was telling the players not to you know promote anything. Um, well, and it's, they completely, yeah, it's alienation, and then it goes to that whole, I mean, and I'm sure it's like a horrible feeling, like, I need to, uh, you know, align myself with my union, but at the end of the day, I'm being kept from doing what it is that I absolutely. love to do. Absolutely. And, and it's scary, you know, it's kind of like that, that, you know, anomaly of, you know, you get into, God forbid, a car accident. You were, yeah. like, brought up with, like, you know, don't be nice to the people that you got into the car accident with. <laughs> Right. Which is a silly, I mean, which is a silly example. But I can see them. You know, they were they were truly caught in the middle, and they were being told two different things. And I think it's great that you guys also set a stage that said, you know what, we get that you were, you know, you were given information and you were put in a position where you couldn't come back. Now we're helping to arm you so that you can make a better decision and you can move forward, and we embrace you with open arms. Right. Well, that was one of the reasons, and the other part of it is the relaunch, which also, you know, didn't just happen. Um, We knew at one point we were going to come back, so we would have meetings on a regular basis, and we have always had a very, very great strength in in Hollywood and celebrities who play hockey. Mm -hmm. Um, Jerry Bruckheimer and Kiefer and uh, Cooper Gooding, actually, he flew down to the final in Carolina um, on Monday. Um, and I was with Tim Robbins there. He flew in too, um, it, and it's been great. So, I, that's um, fun. I yeah, want to go it, flying it, with it, you. It was it was great. But I we I did hire agencies out in L.A. Not mm-hmm. you know agencies. I hired Rogers and Cowan, for example, not their New York office, their L.A. office, because I wanted them to focus on L.A. Uh, and um, and we did a tremendous job in terms of getting awareness and, and kicking in very quickly in a um, very Hollywood type of way on Entertainment Tonight and, you know, um, 
Hollywood extra and extra, um, all those things. And it it really, you know, it worked very well when you've got a brand that was kind of damaged. Uh, It was instant recognition. Which is great, and also coming out in a quote-unquote, like what you said, a Hollywood sort of way, vis-a-vis, in the, you know, when I would, the media focus was predominantly on the players or the teams, and really, you know, to, to have it be focused on the league now in a Hollywood-esque sort of way, yeah, is really well, taking it to well, a new level. Well, one of the things that I also had, and our, the biggest celebrity that we have in the league is, in fact, the Stanley Cup. Right. And so in, in to do the playoffs when it's so intense and you don't have players necessarily to promote, um, we took the Stanley Cup on a, a celebrity tour where it had um, dinner with Susan Sarandon and had lunch with Kurt Russell uh, and, uh, you know, in, in a very, very... Um, popular Public. restaurant in in um, Malibu and and Kurt is sitting there you know saying that you know he's telling the cup that you know the LA Kings was a much better team in 93 and Montreal was and, and it was hysterical and Susan was wonderful with her you know she brought her kids and her and um uh Mark Wahlberg was in the restaurant uh and came over the the cup it's just stunning people the the allure of the cup never never ceases oh. to amaze me I mean, seriously, when I spoke to, you know, our friends over at the PRSA, and, I mean, as committed they are to their entire uh, membership base, and they were so proud of everyone that had, you know, that, that uh, you know, put in entries, you know, outside of just actually winning categories and made it to final status. I mean, the cup, like, I got pictures of people with the cup. I know. Like, that was, like, that was the, you know, that was the, the, the email subject header was the cup. And I just want to let you know that um, Webmaster Radio would I mean, you know, we would host the cup for a weekend retreat somewhere. Uh, you know, Webmaster Radio is actually going to Jamaica on a retreat. We could take the cup with us there. We'd, we'd keep the cup beautifully. Um, we would take the cup wherever you would want us to take that <laughs> cup. <laughs> well, but what I'll a great, I mean, yes, yeah, it's a cultural icon. Oh, it is, it is. Um, and it just it just brings joy to to people. We had it on the set of uh, not the set, but with all the with some of the contestants, uh, Ryan Seacrest at you know American Idol and the set of Monk and I mean people just uh, in the stories. Oh my gosh, I remember my dad used to take me to a game in 1942, mm-hmm. and on, you know it just goes on and on. It's just really wonderful. It's you know a, I, I have a couple of, of personal hockey stories that I'll save for another show. But one involving um, Wayne Huizinga actually, and um, and the Panthers, and it was something that ended up being very very special to me. But yes, it is it is Americana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is it is Americana. It is it's it's. Um, I mean, I grew I mean I grew up in the Northeast, so well obviously. So I mean, it, it definitely was a part of of how I grew up in my life. So I'm so glad that you guys were able to forge forward and um, not only uh, with your continued success, but really taking it to the next level. What I'd like to do, because unfortunately we're running out of time, is take one very quick commercial break Mm -hmm. and then wrap up. And um, then I'm going to hold you hostage um, for another interview. (laughs) So so, so watch out. We'll be right back with cover story. Stick around. Cover story. We'll be back after this short break. Click 
tracks. All new version 6. Prepare to segment your visitors and build custom reports on the fly with the most comprehensive and intuitive web analytics programs on the planet. Dan Noyes, president of Zephoria.com, writes, Click Tracks is like a religion to us. We rarely consult our clients on site or campaign changes without first seeing what Click Tracks reveals. Sign up for your free trial today. Your only risk, you may end up in our next commercial. ClickTracks.com, turning your future into a fortune. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN-accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I K-E-R.com. More than a name. Katie Kempner. Katie Kempner. May I have your attention, please? Katie advertising industries right on the forefront and including people that cover these industries so what i'd like to do is what i'd like to do is what i'd like to do is help you make your job easier what i'd like to do is what i'd like to do is what i'd like to do is join me each week to a two two o'clock on tuesday's tuesday intersection of advertising and pr Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving the headline for you. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to this very special series of the Silver Anvils. And our featured guest today is Bernadette Mansour, Senior Vice President, Communications of the NHL, and as well, Executive Director of the NHL Foundation. We haven't even gotten that far yet, Bernadette. Welcome back. <laughs> we, have like, we have like three more hours of interviewing left with you. No, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> we do. You've done yeah. all. I mean, my goodness. Um, I will just say for a moment on the foundation, um, which is just a great part of my job as well as the Stanley Cup, we're very proud of um, NHL diversity, which has uh, over 30, actually there are 38 now, um, youth programs for kids um, who economically or, you know, couldn't probably pay, uh, play hockey uh, because of the expense of the gear and their volunteer programs, and mm-hmm. we oversee it, and uh, it, it's been just terrific, and actually, too, 
uh, young men who have come out of programs, one in Chicago um, and uh, I think one in uh, the program in Florida, have uh, entered the ranks of the NHL. And that uh, that's very inspiring. Yeah, that's great. Well, it's nice to be able to, you know, to give back to a community you benefit from. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, it's a win-win because you're leveraging your brand as as well as mm-hmm. helping to make a difference in, in, in other people's lives. Exactly. And, and you know, for some of these kids, and um, you know, they don't think that, that hockey is for them. But now that we have 19 players of color um, in the league uh, and uh, – uh, currently, who are active, who are big stars, uh, Jerome McGinley, um is is out of Calgary, is uh, was an MVP, and uh, you know now they all of a sudden they have the role models and they can relate and and they should and we just want to make sure that they gain access to the game. Absolutely, and uh, you know what? Good, good for you. Good, I mean, truly. And then you also. You also oversee the um, NHL Assist Grant Program that annually donates over $100,000 to emerging youth hockey programs around the world. Yes, that's uh, and that's an international program, and we've mm-hmm. donated you know money to Russia and to um, Dublin and Belfast of all places, and Italy as, as well as uh, wow. um, in um, uh, obviously in North America. Right, so you are absolutely and positively spreading the word of hockey, well, which is great. We're trying you know to. <laughs> well, because be, being a team player, whether it be hockey, whether it be in your family, whether it be at your job, that's the end result. That's the end result. So I think you know that's that's a beautiful mantra that you've got the ability to to to, to do that and to maximize. Um, anyway, I apologize. I'm in a room with other people speaking now, very loudly. Um, Let's go quickly, if I may. I mean, because this is a wonderful accomplishment as well. You, um, you took your efforts in trade and business media promotion have helped the league realize extensive merchandising sales success. Since 1993, the NHL merchandising sales has grown over 700 percent. Yes, sales have grown over 700 percent. Now it's my job to communicate the products and the business fact that it did. There's a whole area of consumer product marketing, which deserves a lot of credit for the new lines and the new apparel. Uh, we're coming out with a new line of women's apparel. Um, so it's it's just, um, you know, giving the consumers more choice uh, and, and more of a street look in some cases than just the traditional hockey jerseys, which, however, are our main sellers. Right, wait, 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 exactly. I have this picture of you, and I wish, and I'm going to look this up. I do not know what this character's name is. This very Zen character, who has the eight arms. <laughs> did you know what I'm? Did you know what I'm talking? <laughs> That's what you remind me of because you, you do so many different things, and I know they're all inter interrelated, but you do so many things. You do them so well, um, and you you seem to do them with such ease and grace. Uh, it's truly an inspiration. Well, I have and have had in my career remarkable people that I work with. I I pride myself on staff. I pride myself on people. I I think I'm pretty intuitive, and um, and and that's what it's all about. Because because you're right. There are so many moving parts. You just got to set the focus um, and objectives, and you get the right people, and uh, you know it, it it just works. You know what, and that's and that's a whole show unto itself. But how do you, you know, I mean, you said intuition, but how do you go about choosing the right people? Is there a specific criteria that you follow on a general basis? I 
I mean, I think there are some specifics that you always go through. You know, how well do you write? What's your previous experience? How successful mm-hmm. have you been? You know, and then there always is, especially, I think, in any industry, and very much so in the sports industry, very much word of mouth. But you, you also, um, and, and this is where the instincts come in. Uh, it, it, it is wonderful for somebody to come in to say, you know, I love the game of hockey. Well, you know, that's terrific, and, right. and that's good. But but your passion has to be to promote the game of hockey, and and to promote it in new and different ways, way and to new and different audiences than it's never been before. And if it's you know just going to games and you know high five and players, you know that isn't going right. to cut it. And, right. Uh, so sorry. Bring take your passion, but employ your passion in a way that you can work as a team player, but also open up new doors that maybe we haven't seen before. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, yeah. Good for you. Okay, so Bernadette, I'm sorry. We have not had enough time. I want to say congratulations again on, you know, the Stanley Cup. I want to say congratulations again for um, winning the Silver Anvil's most highly coveted award of Best Professional and um, ask you if we could have you back on again very soon as a guest on Cover Story. Well, I'll I'll try. I'm going to be traveling a lot, but um, certainly, Brandy, I I would love to. It's been terrific, and you've been very, very gracious, as so have your listeners. Uh, And uh, just everybody, uh, you know, stay excited about hockey. We're going to come back next Mm -hmm. season even better. I'm excited. I know. You know what? We are going to we are going to start uh, promoting. We actually have sports on the top and bottom of every hour here, so we're going to start um, promoting things on on Webmaster Radio so that everyone gets uh, the spirit and uh, and the feeling for the NHL who aren't already involved. Although I would assume a predominant amount of our listeners are, because I did a bit of a, a test prior to your interview, and everyone was so excited to hear um, your interview just because they're such fans and they wanted the inside skinny on what really happened. So uh, so you've got all sorts of listeners right now, PR professionals, brand-type people, uh, advertisers, et cetera. Just go and enjoy the rest of your day. I know you guys are exhausted, but you know what? Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much. It is, you know, a new season ahead of you, but uh, you did a wonderful, wonderful job this year. And thank you very much for being a guest with us. No, I appreciate it, Brandy. Thank and you. Thank you. And for the rest of you guys out there, we are live from DM Days in New York. I'm actually sitting in the press room right now. Uh, so hang out. We've got some great exclusive interviews, some keynotes, and, of course, all your favorite programming coming up for you. Once again, this is Brandy Shapiro-Babin, and uh, I was very excited that I got to speak with Bernadette Manzor. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you next week. If you think Webmaster Radio.fm is smoking now, well, you ain't seen nothing yet, man. (laughs) September 15, 16, and 17, it's a search bash Jamaica. Come to Jamaica for one of the biggest bashman party. Come rub elbows with the web's greatest marketing minds. Dude, that's great. You and a friend lying on the beach, sipping rum punch, and get a full body all around. Mm. It is Ironman. <laughs> Find all the info at searchbash.com. Air, transportation, hotel, photos, and registration. Come hang out with the coolest people online at digital marketing. Yeah, we be jamming, man. Jamming with your Webmaster Radio show host. This is Craig. I need a beer in Island. Hook up with some old friends. <laughs> it's a life experience you'll never forget. Excellent. Search Bash. Jamaica. In case you haven't been listening, I'll repeat myself. It's a happening thing in a Negro Jamaica. 
To register and get all pertinent information, go to searchbash.com. Seize and Seclus, get out and come down to Jamaica Searchbash 2006. Hosted by webmasterradio.fm. Like now, I'm ready to go. 